Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Greetings, team. Welcome back to Doing It At Home, the podcast. I'm Sarah. My co-host is Matthew. We're so thrilled to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Whether this is your first episode or your 300th, we think you are awesome. We're so excited to have you in the community. Today's episode is precipitous labor with gestational diabetes, advanced maternal age, and cord snap with crystal boy mistruck. And fun fact Our episodes will now be published on YouTube in video format as well. So we have converted over to our interviews being both audio and video. So we've been publishing, if you've noticed, if you're following and subscribed and notified of our YouTube channel, which you should be, by the way, go to the show notes, check out the link to our YouTube channel, subscribe, hit that notification bell, ding, so that you get the notifications when new videos publish. So we've been going back and publishing audio versions of our episodes because sometimes people like to listen to their podcasts on YouTube. We get that. So we're here for you and we're going to help provide that for you. So in addition to that, going forward, almost all of our episodes that you're going to see and you're going to listen to here will have a video version of them as well. So you can watch them on our YouTube channel, which is really cool because there's something about, you know, the facial expressions and watching someone share their birth story or, you know, you just get to see more of the antics and kind of behind the scenes, if you will, you see Matthew and myself as we do the podcast and and we interview. So it's just a, it just adds another human connection element, I feel like, to the whole experience. So if that is your thing and you like watching and listening to birth stories, go to the YouTube channel because you will be able to see this one and almost every single one going forward will have a video component as well. So you can either watch the whole thing, you can watch clips of it, whatever you want, we'll have it there for you. So go check that out. Along with all the other ways you can connect with doing it at home, engage further in the community, you can follow us on social media, you can join our private Facebook 
Facebook group. Sign up for our weekly newsletter where we drop great resources and other ways to connect and just get your dose of empowering, informative home birth content that is really here for you to help you feel confident, prepared, and excited for birth. That's what we are here for. So today's episode, again, go watch the video of it, listen to it here as well, and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast too if you're not, by the way. I didn't mention that earlier, but hit subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using. That way you won't miss a single episode. This one, this episode, what you can expect to hear about some of the main topics that we cover, gestational diabetes, which is great because that comes up often in the community and people wonder if I have gestational diabetes, can I still have a home birth? Well, we will address that and more in this conversation. We talk about advanced maternal age, which is also sometimes referred to as geriatric pregnancy. However, we talk about advanced maternal age. We talk about cord snap. We talk about Hashimoto's disease, fetal ejection reflex, and home birth postpartum experience. So thank you so much to Crystal for joining us. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive right into the story. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, good. So glad to talk to you guys. I'm so excited that you had me on. Oh, we're so excited that you chose to come on. I know it's early over there where you are. So thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Yes, of course. This is cool. This is like our Today Show moment. I yeah. love this because right? for those of you listening on the podcast, we are recording this as well, video, and it's going to be up on our YouTube channel. So if you're listening right now and you're like, wait, I want to see these people's faces. I want to see them interact. You can go do that on our YouTube channel. So I'll yeah. put a link to that in the show notes. It's something fun and new that we're doing. And uh, we're, yeah, this is this is cool. It's also like weird and, and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> weird for me just to be on camera. I had to get some stuff together this morning. I had to you know, same, <laughs> same. Yes. All right. So Crystal, share a little bit about yourself and your family. Uh, sure. So my name is Crystal, obviously. Um, I live in Phoenix with my husband, Rob and my son, Nico and the new baby who is Mila, who is six months. My son is six. And I, um, have a interior design business here in town with my business partner who is also named Crystal. Um, oh, that's the cool. business name is CK studio because I'm C crystal. She's K crystal. Oh, nice. Nice. That's and funny. we also do a little podcast as well. Real talk with CK. So cool. Is that interior design related? It is both. So okay. sometimes we do interior design. Sometimes we just talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Oh, right. very cool. 
Yeah. And Crystal yes. and Crystal, both business partners. I'm sure that doesn't get confusing ever for anyone. We do, we just tell everybody just to say Crystal and one of us will answer. Sure. <laughs> good, good deal. Good deal. So tell us a little bit about, you have two children, one born in yes. a hospital, one born at home. What yes. influenced your choice to have a home birth the second time around? So first time around, I'll go really quick snippet of it. Um, first time around when I first got pregnant, I was like, I'll just do whatever the doctor says. I don't care. Sign up for the epidural, do all the things. And then like most people, I watched the business of being born Mm. and then that started to influence me. And I'm like, I'm going to go unmedicated. And then we hired a doula and then she, um, actually changed practitioners twice the first time. And, um, she convinced me to go with a midwife group in a hospital, which we did. Um, and my labor was only nine hours total. I showed up at the hospital at nine centimeters. So I didn't really have that many interventions that way, but, um, they offered to break my water, which they did. Um, and there was meconium. So then people get nervous, you know, and, uh, I was pushing for a while and he was quote unquote stuck. So they offered to do an episiotomy. And at that time, you know, you just kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back at my notes, the, or the medical notes, my re- medical records, the midwife cut a two degree episiotomy and the OB, um, extended it to a third degree. Why? All right. Yeah. So is that, is that the, the length of the episiotomy? I think so. Okay. I don't know. Actually, I probably should do more research. I don't exactly know what makes the different degrees, but it's, I think it's the length. Yes, it is. Yeah. Length. The, the degree um, indicates how, how large of a cut it is or tear in the instance of, you know, a tear. Got so it. I had a right. small, like barely second degree tear when I had Maya. Right. So basically they, they did something that you did not authorize, didn't want them to do. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they asked me and we said, yes, but you you really can't consent in the, you know, you can't consent in those moments because you're so into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I didn't feel it, you know, you have so much going on. So he came out with a nuchal hand. So his head, his hand was by his head. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's why he was stuck. I think if they would have hindsight, if they would have had me in different positions, tried something else other than me being on my back, um, I think I would have had a different outcome, but neither here nor there. So in my birth story, the very last sentence I wrote six years ago, well, almost seven is, um, I will not do it in a hospital the next time if I can help it. Wow. wow. So, and also postpartum, I hated hospital postpartum. They come in all the time and they don't let you sleep <laughs> and it just, it's, wasn't for me. So yeah, got it. that's how I decided home birth. And then when we decided to get pregnant with our second, well, we were trying to, which I know you guys know how that goes. Um, it took a, a solid year, um, for us to get pregnant with our second. It took six months with my first, I thought my body would know what to do, but it didn't. And we had to really try and track. Um, and I used a thing called OvuSense. It's an internal sensor that mm. takes your body temperature every five minutes to give you a very accurate time of when you ovulate a prediction and then a confirmation of when you do ovulate. Um, so COVID hit and I was like, Oh, this is a perfect time not to have a baby. Okay. Huh. So I was avoiding 
ovulation time and I actually ovulated five days earlier than I normally do and bing bang boom it was perfect timing so we got pregnant anyway even though I was trying not to really oh, wow wow that's fascinating um, and when we got yeah go figure <laughs> um, when we got pregnant uh I told I first one of the first person people that I told was my doula we hired the same doula a second time around and I told her that we were um, thinking about home birth and she was just elated. She was so happy. She likes to say that I'm one of the success stories going from a hospital birth to a home birth. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I just, we looked at a birth center, but um, our insurance is terrible. So we were able to pay about half the cost paying out of pocket for a home birth than we were going through insurance if we were to go to a birth center. Gotcha. Or the hospital. Just stupid. It's so um, interesting with insurance. Like it just, yeah. it like it's different every single time we hear someone talk mm -hmm. about it. It's always different. Yeah, it's and terrible. I, I mean, you shouldn't have to pay that much per month and then still not be able to actually use it for your care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and like you said, it's so different. It kind of makes me think of like the cable company. I know like two different people in different places could call the same cable company and end up with different deals. Because yeah, of like right. whatever's going on at the moment or whoever you get on the phone or however it is like, I you know, everyone pays different and yet yeah. it's like the same service. And so I, I feel like it's similar like with that, with uh, some of the, the way the insurance breaks down. It's like some people are paying this amount and then some people are paying a completely different amount. And it just and then within one state and then state to state and then across yeah. all country. It's just wild. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. I. <laughs> have very many feels and I yeah. complain about insurance <laughs> on the regular. Yeah. Cause it's useless. So when I found my midwife, you know, we were paying out of pocket, which is fine. We were happy to do it. And then um, she connected me to a chiropractor, which obviously doesn't take insurance either. Mm -hmm. Well, not ours anyway. And then she also connected me to a naturopath. Um, I have hypothyroidism as well, which I think influenced me not being able to get pregnant right away. And so I started seeing the naturopath, which also doesn't take insurance. So almost my entire medical care now is not on insurance, but that's not what this podcast is about. Right. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> right. Um, but that naturopath, I then was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which I never knew I had because regular doctors don't test all of the different things you can test for, or for thyroid. So she did additional tests and figured out that's what I actually have, not just hypothyroidism. So. And is that autoimmune? Ah. Um, it's yeah, autoimmune disorder. My light went out. No worries. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to unplug it. Okay. Real quick. No worries. We're not. Natural light it is. Okay. Oh, nice. You got windows in your mm. in your office. I do. Oh, that's great. It's just I as good. If not, yeah, okay. you're great. Sorry, guys. No, no, no worries. We record in a, uh, a garage that was converted into like a living room space, mm -hmm. and we just use it for our office, oh. and there's one little no tiny window no light otherwise it's just you know overhead light and yeah and everything so right 
Okay. All those things. Yeah. But yeah, your, your um, light looks great now. Cool. Yeah. All right, sweet. So we'll do... Uh, so let's see. Where do you want to pick up? Um, You just shared... Um, Hashimoto's, I said autoimmune, and then if there was anything else you were going to add to that, you can you can go with that, and we'll we'll piece okay. it together. Okay, um, so I was able to get great care with the naturopath in figuring out how to kind of dial in with Hashimoto's. It's a little difficult to do while you're pregnant. There's not as many things you can do while you're pregnant and or breastfeeding, um, but it's good to know that I have it, and you can kind of control things some things with diet and really well so um the rest of the pregnancy so I had um gestational diabetes with my first pregnancy um I was lucky well I think I advocated for myself well enough and then I had him at 40 plus two so there wasn't a whole lot of pressure for induction Mm. or anything like that I mean I know if I would have gotten longer, there probably would have been, but I didn't luckily. So, so this time around, I knew I was pretty confident that I was probably going to be diagnosed with it again. So I started doing the diet really early on, um, gestational diabetes diet, you know, you kind of limit your carbs and, um, just try to eat a bit healthier Mm -hmm. all the way around. So when it came time for the test, I decided just to go straight to the three hour test rather than do the one hour and then have to do the three hour. Um, and it was terrible. I hate that stupid sugary drink. Mm. And I think, of course, my body is going to go insane when I haven't eaten mm. and then ingest 75 grams of pure sugar. Um, I think there's no possible way it couldn't. Mm-hmm. at least knowing my body, I, I never ingest that amount of sugar. So I knew that how my body was going to react. I think the test is flawed. I don't think uh, it really takes into account the actual human, but nor does the medical model in general. Mm-hmm. When did really. you have to take that test? Like when did that happen? Um, I think they do it around 28 weeks, 26 weeks, something like that. Got it. And they say, don't, um, don't have any food or anything in your system when you, when you take it. For the three it. hour. So the ah, okay. one hour you can have food and then you drink a smaller amount okay. and they test okay. your blood one hour after. Got it. Um, but usually if you fail that, then they send you for the three hour where you have to fast. So no food from the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they test your blood. Well, they test your blood flat fasting. So when you come in, they test your blood, they test your blood, blood an hour after, and they test your blood two hours after and then maybe three hours after i don't know mm, okay. i only had like one high reading out of them all but it doesn't matter i was diagnosed mm-hmm. and then um i had to see a perinatologist you know just because i was with a midwife she obviously has to follow certain rules to mm-hmm. make sure she can keep her license sure so i had to go see a specialist um same specialist i went to last time uh they wanted me to do a lot of tests because i'm also considered ama a ter- advanced maternal age because I'm 30, I was 37 at the Mm, time. So they wanted to do weekly. I had to do growth. I agreed to the growth scans. Um, I met them halfway and then they wanted to do weekly NSTs and weekly biophysical, basically where they just check on the, I don't really understand it, whatever. So I said no to the NSTs and I did do the biophysical ultrasounds. They're like 15 minutes. So just go in and basically check your fluid level and that the baby's 
moving, I guess. Not that I didn't know that. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, um, so, so with all these different and, things that, you know, that were recommended that you had to do, um, how did you navigate all that emotionally? Oh, uh, terribly. So when I was <laughs> diagnosed, I cried mm. so hard, um, even though I kind of knew it was coming. I called my doula just sobbing just because I thought it was so unfair, unfair that my body was doing this again, unfair that I had to deal with all the things. I was terrified that I was going to risk out of home birth. Um, I mean, when I hired my midwife, I talked to her about it and said, Hey, pretty sure I'm going to have gestational diabetes. Like, is that going to risk me out? She's like, no, not necessarily. Even if you have to go on medication, Okay. But I was just, I was just terrified. I just, and having to go every week and like worry what it's going to show. Yeah. Um, and the first, my growth scans always showed that she was big. We didn't know she was a she cause we waited to find out, but, um, always said she was big, like 90th percentile. Like the tech was like, Oh, is your husband really tall? I'm like, no, he's like five, <laughs> nine. Like, oh, okay. You got a big baby. Yeah. And uh, my guest date was January 4th. And by their estimation, it should have been December 19th. Oh, wow. That's a big difference. Yes. And that also messed with my head because then I thought, oh my gosh, I'm totally going to go early. Uh, I didn't. Um, So it all really is a big mind game. And if I were to have another kid, which I'm not, but if I were... I would not do the test. Mm-hmm. I would do an alternative way. I would monitor my sugar. I already did. I, I will monitor my sugar four times a day to prove that I have everything within range, mm-hmm. but I will not ever drink that test. Yeah. Again, again. So. I get you. And on top of everything else that you were receiving labels for, Yes. You know, to have all of the angst go with that. Uh, I didn't have to drink the drink. Our midwives did kind of a modified version where they basically told me to eat like a a very hearty man's breakfast, you know? (laughs) And so I had the juice, I had the pancakes, I had everything. And then like I had a self, you know, finger prick test at home that I did and everything. So um, for those listening who might be thinking that's the only route to go or might have uh, fears or frustration around it with your care provider. I mean, maybe just to see what the options are um, that that might not have to be the only way to go about it. Because I have heard a lot of unpleasant things about that drink and everything that follows with it and, and how that test is handled and and all of that. Uh, so I I feel for you and I empathize with that circumstance. Yeah, it was awful. Um, but I was able to monitor my sugars just like I did the first time. I'm really meticulous about taking my sugar when I'm supposed to and eating what I'm supposed to. You have to be diligent. Yeah. Uh, the recommended total amount of carbs per day, I did not eat that. I, I, I would not have been able to keep my sugar within range if I did eat that amount of carbs. Um, I think that is totally antiquated as well. I don't think you need that much. You don't necessarily need that much carbs for the baby to thrive. You do need some carbs. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't go completely carbless. But if you eat um, more proteins and uh, the high fat to compensate, it it works out. 
as well. Not that I'm a medical professional, but that's what I have learned. Right. Well, well you have a lot of experience in, yeah, in monitoring yourself yeah. and, and all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that experience is, is so valuable. Were there specific right. resources that helped you that others could look up or reference? Yeah, there, um, there's a Facebook group that's like holistic. I have to look it up. Okay. But, um, holistic pregnancy. And they talk a lot about gestational diabetes, not as much about home birth and gestational diabetes. There are a couple mm-hmm. on there. Um, and then, uh, there's a book, I have written that down real food for gestational diabetes. Yep. Cool. So that one, and then just, uh, the internet and combing and trying to read and find groups and, and everything. So, yeah. Um, last thing I want to ask about it, you know, cause this mm-hmm. is something that comes up often in the community and it might be different for each person who experiences it individually, but what are the risks of ris- risking out of home birth? Like why would you risk out as being someone with gestational diabetes? Sure. I mean, it does, I think it is state specific. Okay. Um, I think some states have rules where you can't, I, I've read some that said that they're not allowed to have a home birth now because, um, they're diagnosed with it. Um, but some of the risks of gestational diabetes in general are, is that, uh, large babies can't remember the actual name. It's like macro something or other. Mm. Um, but they fear for the large babies and obviously shoulder dystocia, okay. um, as well. There's probably more, but that's the main reason. Gotcha. Um, I think that some people worry about risking out and just, if you have to go on insulin and sort of be managed more by medical, I think that would uh, potentially affect a midwife wanting to take your care. I mean, mine said, if I went on like a pill type medication, I wouldn't have to, but I didn't need, I didn't need it. Gotcha. Um, I had a couple spikes here and I had my, my glucose monitor break and I was up stressing forever because it was giving me a really high reading, but I had a second one and I checked it and it was fine, but I was freaking out. Yeah. Oh, wow. so, <sighs> the stresses of pregnancy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear around those big babies. Like everyone just swears yeah. these babies are going to be too big to push out. Yeah. And yes, everyone has a story about it too. Um, yeah. I remember sitting at my baby shower and someone told me about you know, someone they knew, cause everyone knows how everyone has someone mm, that they knew yeah. or know who they were scared of a big baby. And so only for that reason, they went into scheduled cesarean and right. baby was like seven pounds. Exactly. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. And I talked to my midwife about it too. And she, she was seriously never worried at all. She really didn't think I was going to have a super big baby. My first was only seven pounds, two ounces with gestational diabetes going full term. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, if you do have a little bit larger baby, she's like, large babies know how to be born. Mm. She said, I usually have, she said she has more difficulty with small babies than she does with larger babies. Interesting. So, I'm sure that was a nice thing fun. to hear. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, I want to go back a little bit. Those <laughs> conversations that you and your husband had around home birth. Mm-hmm. Can you talk yes. to us about those? How did he receive the idea and, and what was that like? Uh, he was all for it. He hated the hospital as well. And I knew you were going to ask that and I meant to, to <laughs> touch on it. But, okay. That's that's my, that's yeah, like my go-to here. question. Yep. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, no, as soon as, uh, as soon as he was born as well, my husband only had two hours sleep before we had to go to the hospital. And then he got no sleep after that. And he hated them coming in 
all the time. He also thinks that the, the interventions were needless. Like I wanted to delay cord clamping and they said, as long as he came out pink and crying, they would let me do that. But they did not, even though he did hmm. um, come out just fine. So he was always on board. And then once I got pregnant and I told him that that's what we were going to do, he there was never, he's never questioned it once. He was always for it. He semi caught our first but he really wanted to be able to catch our second um that's so cool which i never thought that he would go there but now i'm a birth junkie so he's a birth junkie by proxy so <laughs> yes. love it love just it. how that goes and yeah he was all for it so during covid we kind of fixed up our house to make it a bit of a a sanctuary I'm like if we're doing this here I don't want this carpet in this room. Oh, nice. Well, I get it because that's your whole thing too. So I'm sure you need a space to be a certain oh, yeah, way your if designer. you're going to do something yes. like push a baby out. <laughs> exactly. It's important. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about birth time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so the space is set. Walk us through the birth. Okay, so I had Braxton Hicks really early on, like I think halfway through, I started getting them. Um, I like self-diagnosed myself with irritable uterus. It's basically my uterus was irritable. Um, and I stopped working out as much because the Braxton Hicks were just a little bit stronger. So I just kind of took it easy. Um, I think as it went on, eventually it turned into a drama labor because mm. I was always having contractions just all the time. Mm -hmm. um, the day before she was born, it was the 29th. Uh, that night there was a full moon as well, a full moon in Cancer and Capricorn. I'm a Cancer, baby's Capricorn. So I was like, this is going to be it. That's ah. a sign right there. <laughs> yeah. And we rented, we had rented a birth tub, um, which has a heater and jets and it's like the deluxe version of a nice tub. yeah saw my eyes was, right there was... <laughs> Some like, jets in we need that <laughs> yes yeah, go on nice so we actually filled it that day just in case um which is fine you fill it and then we just let the heater just kicks on every time it goes below 100 degrees so um and it has really puffy big size you can like lean against it so that day I texted my doula at like 3 p.m. And I was like, hey, I'm having a lot of a lot of contractions. They're not intense at all. They're like 10 minutes apart, but I'm fine. I can do all the things I'm like just letting you know. And then that night um, we decided to sit outside 
around a fire pit under the full moon with our son um, and have hot chocolate, just mm. sort of like the last thing that we did as a family of three, which is really nice. Yeah. And I like had my belly out and kind of bathed in the full moon kind of thing. Like, okay, do your, do your stuff. Yes. Um, and then we put the baby to bed and then hubby and I had a little sexy time because you know, those pro glass pro I never can say it. Proglastin? Yes. Pro, so. pro what? Question mark. All the hormones <laughs> that get flooded, you know, that you know, oh. orgasmic um, hormonal release is very similar to the cocktail of hormones in birth. So I, I think yeah. I pro, said it right. Prostaglandins. Pro, okay, cool. Oh, so <laughs> I knew. Sarah Buckley would have would have shaken her head <laughs> at us just now. <laughs> um, it's actually, it's what's present in semen. So it. It helps ripen your cervix. There you go. Cool. All right. That, okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm always learning the, new stuff. The way you get the baby in is the way you get the baby out, as they say. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And then I hopped in the tub because we had it. Um, so why not? So I was just kind of hanging out in there and I was timing them and they were coming like every three minutes, but I, they were not intense at all. And I was like, my app is like, you're an active labor. And I said, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. So I texted my doula before I went to bed. I was like, hey, this is happening. Like, I think I'm fine. I'm going to go to sleep. So I went to bed, you know, had to wake up to pee. And eventually I woke up. It was four. Well, I woke up and I was like, I think my water just broke or I peed myself. Hard to know. So I went to the bathroom and I was like, no, this is definitely my water. So I texted my doula at 4.12. The time is important. I texted her at 4.12. I was like, I'm pretty sure my water just broke. And she's like, oh, great. So then I talked to her and she's like, well, since you're already contracting, I'll just head on over. I'm like, cool. And I texted my sisters. They were coming to be my son's support. Very great. Um, just in case. We had nice. talked to him. about. Oh, we had him at the birth. So we talked to him about it leading up, um, watched some videos. He loved watching the birth videos. Mm. Um told him that you know the the aunties were going to be there to help him with whatever he needed and he could be around or you know they could take him to the park just when we thought it was going to be a little bit longer or whatever he needed you know so so they got to my house about 5 a.m um he woke up about then as well because i think he could hear all the commotion um and he came out and he was super excited he's been asking for a sibling forever Aww. so this is very exciting for him. Um, and then my doula showed up a, a little after five as well. So they were, my sisters were in the living room with my son. We were in the bedroom. She was doing like her essential oil thing and kind of rubbing my back. And at 5.33, well, at 5.30, I was like, can I get in the tub? They're like, sure. And before I got in the tub, I had talked to my midwife. And she was actually at another birth in immediate postpartum already. So she's like, do you need me? And I was like, I, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm doing fine. And then before I got in the tub, my doula was texting her and she said, do you want her to come? And I said, maybe, I guess. Sure. Okay. And it was still, nothing was that intense. You know, I, I was kind of leaning over a dresser, but it just wasn't... I I was waiting for the feeling I felt with my son and it just wasn't there yet. So, which you should never base 
your opinions of birth based on your last birth. But as we have we heard, do. and yet it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that that's what many go through. You know, no. whether it's the denial yes. of labor or this isn't yeah. the same or you know whatever that is, right. it right. it's just a journey um, we all have to walk, I guess. <laughs> So my intentions for this birth is I wanted to have a completely physiological birth where nobody like made me push before I was ready or Mm. all the stuff that happened in my previous birth I was trying to avoid. I desperately did not want an episiotomy. I didn't want to have to push before I was ready. I just wanted to let it kind of all flow and just really just be in the moment. Um, So I got in the tub and there's a picture that I sent you guys of me smiling in the tub. Um, that was at 533. I know because of the timestamp. Um, and I was, you know, I was obviously happy and fine. So I don't think the tub really offered me a lot of support as far as like pain management. Um, my doula says that some of my contractions did slow down for like a minute, but not that long. And I was on my knees leaning over the tub and just contracting along and my husband later said at that point he's like oh this is going to be at least half the time of the first birth (laughs) um and I was leaning there and then she had me do what's like a Captain Morgan stance almost where you put one leg up and one leg back and that was intense it was so intense Mm -hmm. and so I put it down pretty quickly after and then she wanted me to do it on the other side. And I was like, no, I, I can't do it. And things started to just get really intense, really, 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 really fast. And um, she kept asking me where I was feeling um, the contractions. I was like, well, they're still kind of high up. She's like, well, can you feel a head? And I was like, no, there's no, no, no head there. And then a couple of minutes passed. And then I started getting a lot lower with my sounds, with, you know, getting more guttural and... Um, I screamed a lot. Um, I did not scream like that with my son. Not that I remember anyway. Um, I was screaming a lot. My sisters are younger than me. They don't have any children yet. And um, I think it probably scared them a little bit being in the living room and hearing me scream that much. Uh, but it just, things just started getting so much more intense. And my doula was telling me to breathe. And I was like, I can't. And she's like, it's just a suggestion. It's okay. And, and at one point I said, I don't want it. And she's like, you don't want your baby. And I was like, no, 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 I want that. I just don't want any of this. And, and then I could tell that she was coming, um, that fetal ejection reflex that mm. the FER kicked in wow. and there was no stopping it. I, it just, it was like a freight train. And, and then I could feel her head. My, 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 my midwife is not there at this point. It is just my doula and my husband in there my doula is just making sure that I keep my bottom in the water because you can't if you're birthing in the water you have to birth fully under the in under the water you mm-hmm. can't come out I was like oh okay um and I could feel her head and I was like screaming she's coming and eventually at one point I heard my midwife's voice telling my husband where to put his hands to catch her and I had and I was screaming that um, I was going to break in half. Uh. <laughs> I did not break in half, um, but I thought I was going to break in half. Uh. And I pushed once and her head came out and people were saying, oh, there's hair. And I guess my, my sisters in the living room were texting my cousins and saying, oh, Crystal's in labor. 
And then the next text message was, I think they said they saw hair. <laughs> and it sounds terrible, was the text message that she sent. Wow. And so the one push in her head was out. And then the next push, I mean, I wasn't really pushing. My body was pushing the next contraction, I suppose. Um, I felt her shoulders come out and she shot out wow. like a cannon. And my husband caught her. He said that she kind of swam on a diagonal and he had to like reach out and catch her before she swam away. Um, and, and then I felt instant relief. I don't, I did not have that instant relief feeling with my son. I barely remember what happened afterwards other than getting stitched up with him. And that was the worst ever. Um, but it was like immediate relief once she was out. I was like, oh, I can breathe again. And then, of course, I'm on my knees, so they're having me turn over um, so then I can have her on me. And as soon as she has me turn over, my midwife says, oh, the cord snapped. So somehow in when she came out, the, the umbilical cord literally just snapped, just broke mm. in half. Um, and this was before she was clamped or anything, obviously. So they had to scoop her out really quick and clamp her mm -hmm. and hand her to my husband. So with both children, he has had the first moments with the children, oh, which is nice. Um, so they had to clamp her, take her over, and then help me out of the tub and climb onto the bed right away. Um, and then they had to monitor her for a little while, just because she was a little pale, because she did lose a little blood because of the cord snap. Mm -hmm. um, but everything was fine. And I'm really, I'm so grateful that our midwife showed up when she did. Because I don't know if we would have noticed it, you know, um, if it was just me and my husband and the doula, I don't know. Um, both my midwife and doula have ever seen his, they've, they've never seen it. They've only ever seen it once before with a cord snap. Mm, wow. It is not a very common thing. Wouldn't you know, though, we have never heard it on the show in the 300 plus episodes. We had never heard of it happening. Last week, we interviewed a mom, same situation. And so now we're talking to you. And it's just so interesting how that happens. Yeah. Like it pops up that. Yeah. yeah was so. hers a water birth? I don't think. Was it? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah. Um, but it was when she pulled baby out, like as she pulled baby to her chest, I guess it was shorter. Oh, wow. And yeah, so... that's mine was shorter too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had never, I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. she was born at 621. So my water broke at 412 and she was born at 621. So wow. Precipitous. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was the most intense thing. I, I don't recommend fast births if you can help it, but who can help it? Right. right. Um, I, I think compared to my first, my first one, I got to do the gradual stepping and this one, it was just zero to a hundred because I wasn't really even feeling it until I got in the tub. I mean, I felt it, but it wasn't painful until I got into the tub. So it was really just a solid hour of really, really hard hitting painful contractions. And then she just she was ready yeah so we had our full moon baby it was still considered a full moon at that moment and mm -hmm. um it was it was pretty awesome my husband got to catch her and then we got to just be there my son at one point it was you know 5 30 in the morning and he was asking to go outside because I was being too loud um <laughs> my sisters are like no you can't go outside right now it's too early 
Uh, so he did not, it was his choice, but he didn't, he wasn't in the room when she was born, but he came in right after, mm. of course. And, and then we found out it was a girl, which we were so Aww. excited about, um, which was really awesome. And I'm just really thankful for my midwife team and, and being there and kind of noticing right away and taking care of it. Like yeah. I never felt worried at all. I don't know if she felt worried, but um, if she did, she didn't show it. And then afterwards I looked it up because I have to research everything. And apparently, I don't think this is true, but there, there was one article I read that said that cord snaps happen more often in water births, but I think it was just, it's just a, they really didn't uh, look at it compared to land births. I think they just know it happens more in water births because maybe they don't like water births or I don't, I, mm. I feel like it's just a ploy to kind of keep people or a fear mongering thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know if it really happens more in water births, but, mm-hmm. but she was great. And then we got to, to have our somewhat dish golden hour. Um, even though my husband had to take her first, mm-hmm. um, I did tear, I don't know what degree. Uh, I don't think it wasn't as, I know it wasn't as bad as when, I had the episiotomy. I was hoping I didn't tear, but when they shoot out that quickly, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. And then I, we just, I got stitches at home. My midwife uses what she calls, well, what is Mexican lidocaine? It's just a spray. It's not even a needle. Okay. It burns like crazy, but then you're completely numb. Oof. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember the lidocaine. I don't think you forget the lidocaine. <laughs> um, uh, and- go ahead. I was just going to say, I was on cloud nine for like next three days. Uh-huh. I had that birth high. I did not have it with my son at all. Um, but this one was the most amazing thing ever. It was just, it was exactly what I wanted to happen. Physiological birth with no interruptions, nobody, no interventions, nobody telling me one way or another what needed to happen, all that. So I was so happy, so happy with that. And then, you know, stuff gets hard after that, but first, first couple of days I was loving it. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a big difference from what you said. The, the initial postpartum postpartum experience was like in the hospital yeah. uh, the first time around it, you just got a complete, it was a completely different environment that you created. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was lovely. I loved it. Oh. I want to know what did your son say when he met his his sister for the first time? Uh, that's a good question. We have a video of him holding her for the first time, and he Aww. looks at her and says, "Hi, I'm Nico, your brother." <laughs> that's it's wonderful to die for. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah. I, I think and it's he's so just great. Holding her and caressing her face, and you think he boops her nose, and it's like the, the best thing. But he was so excited. I think you can probably tell in some of the photos, he was just adoringly loving her. So, and still does to this day, mm-hmm. except for when she's crying. Right, right. Then it's like, yeah, she can go away for now. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's so beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to a lot of elements of your story that I think I know will speak so 
powerfully to people in the community who are experiencing any combination of some of the factors that you had, whether it's the gestational diabetes, the yeah. AMA, which is not ask me anything, <laughs> what is AMA? advanced maternal age. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay. I think it's like a nicer step up from uh, geriatric pregnancy. So yeah, I'll give it that. that it's, a, it's a slight upgrade from that. And uh, the cord. So I know there's other people now like that happened to me too, you know, who that hasn't been voiced enough or that's not out there enough as a variation of normal. So I just appreciate so much that this gives those who have experienced that or might have some fears or, or tendencies around any of those possibilities, some, some uh, empathy and, and they can feel seen and they can feel heard and that their, their story matters and that their, their story is important and that you can find people, care providers, and and your family members and your team to support you in all of those things so that they don't have to be the things that completely alter everything or risk you out of home birth or or shift right. your mindset too. Because I, I think that's the, the biggest thing is any of those labels or any of the paths that those things can take you down can really knock you out mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I really yes. appreciate that you are an example of of how it can be navigated and, and to own that, you, you know, sometimes it, you might not handle it so well or with the grace that we would ideally like, but that's part of it too. You know, that's part of the, the learning and the growing. Yeah, I I know uh, when they told me at the specialist that December 19th should have been her due date and I was convinced I was going to go early and we were convinced we were going to have a baby by Christmas and then Christmas came and went, which in hindsight was really nice to have that last time with my son, but um, it was really disheartening. It took it took a little bit to kind of come back from that. And she was born at 39.5. 39 weeks, five days. And she was seven pounds, five ounces. So Mm. she was nowhere near the 90th percentile that they thought she was in the womb. Mm. Um, She is now like on the higher end, she's grown. Um, But it was not, if she would have been born at on December 19th, she would have been tiny Mm -hmm. and it would have not went well. I don't think. Um, And since when I had her, my sugars are fine. So everything is coming back to normal that's great that's now. great to hear and, and she was fine too there was no no worries so you can totally have a home birth or at least a intervention free birth with gestational diabetes if possible there you go yeah boom that is the affirmation that i want any who are fearful around that or experiencing that to to take from this and everything else that you shared, Crystal. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to the whole team, to Rob and Nico and Mila. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing part of your story, part of your family with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, 
check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.